Hello and welcome to the Decorum Talking Newspaper for the week ending Saturday 15th of July 2023. This is Rod and your other readers are Jenny, Tom and Jane. We also have two other people, Anjana and Jeanette, who are seeing what we do tonight with a view to being relief readers. You will hear from them later. The editor this week is Kevin. Our technician this week is Martin. This week is Team 2. Before we start the news items, can we remind you of some contact detail changes? Martin Wilson is our new secretary. He's taken over the handling of all inquiries and can be contacted via email via secretary at dtnhemmel.org.uk or via telephone on 01224 927123. This will go straight to a voicemail message, so please leave contact details with your message and Martin will get back to you. Please do not use the old number as this is Audrey's old personal home number. If you would like to give us any feedback or you have a news story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to dtneditors at dtnhemmel.org.uk or leave a message on our telephone 01442-927-123. Most of our items are taken from the Hemel Hempstead, Burke Hempstead and Tring Gazette and Express newspaper. All telephone numbers are on the local 01442 unless stated otherwise. This week's headline is Free Parking Could End in Decorum and local railway stations to be included in tap-in, tap-out rollout. These and other stories follow. Hello, this is Jenny. Free Parking Could End in Decorum Ending free parking in Hemel Hempstead, Berkhamsted, Tring and Kings Langley could help one council beat its inflation pressures, it has said. Decorum Borough Council is considering the shake-up to create a more equitable car parking policy in its area and raise 2.9 million by 2026-27. In addition to an end to free stays, the authority is considering a hike to all off-street parking tariffs by 40p, which could boost income to council coffers by around 25%. On-street parking could also be standardised across decorum, with a £2 an hour charge introduced on roadsides where paid-for parking is in place. Council staff said in recent years parking tariffs had increased once per four-year election cycle with the last rise in 2019. Inflation since then has caused prices and maintenance costs to rise between 20 and 25%, which have had a knock-on impact for the council. According to the Bank of England, goods and services, which cost £1 in 2019, now cost around £1.22. At a Finance and Resources Overview and Scrutiny Committee on Tuesday, the July the 4th, some councillors feared the scheme would put off decorum residents from using parks and town centres. Okay. Tring East councillor Michaela Capozzi 
questioned whether charging drivers at Hemel Hempstead's Gaybridge Park, where parking is currently free, is the right thing to do. I actually feel quite strongly that because people are using those places for well-being, they should be some of the last to be charged, she said. The Liberal Democrat councillor added, when you see the amount of people who use, for example, the skate park, free parking becomes an issue of losing access to affordable exercise. As part of their report, the committee received a grid showing how the Hemel Hempstead Water Garden's North Car Park compares with the selection of nearby car parks. For three hours, which costs £2.20 at Water Gardens North, only council car parks at Luton, Butte Street and Aylesbury Waterside are cheaper at £2 and £2.10. The same stay in Watford Palace costs £3.10, while at St Albans Civic Centre the price is £4.20. Hello, this is Tom and I am continuing the parking item. Officers used this comparison to suggest there is room to increase prices while still remaining one of the cheapest places to park. Councillor Capozzi questioned whether this comparison is fair, suggesting Watford and St Albans attract a greater number of visitors from outside their boroughs. I don't think we have that pull yet, she said. The majority of the people who will be paying for this will be decorum residents. St Albans and Watford have more of a pull. Conservative councillor Colette Wyatt-Lowe, Woodhall Farm, asked, Why are you proposing these increases at a time when we are trying to regenerate and support our town centres? How can you justify the proportionately high increases on those least able to afford them financially? Officers said keeping car parks open comes with a cost and, if the service begins to make losses, the council has less to spend on projects such as town centre works and tackling homelessness. It will cost a one-off £27,000 to make the changes, which includes running a consultation, printing notice boards and updating pay and display machines. Hello, this is Jane. I'm concluding the parking item. <clears throat> the full range of measures include removing free parking at Gaybridge Park in Hemel Hempstead, canal fields in Berkhamsted, and the Knapp and Langley Hill in Kings Langley. Getting rid of first hour free parking at, des at destinations such as the Forge in Tring should increase dwell time at local shops and businesses by removing incentives to leave after just one hour, the report adds. Decorum Borough Council may extend charging hours to reflect the cost of providing parking services, while additional long-stay tariffs could help to recover costs and short-stay parking could have a minimum of two hours. The top deck of Hemel Hempstead's Water Gardens North Car Park, where white and red marked bays are shut to the public on weekdays, could be opened up. The £2 an hour standard tariff for on-street parking would rise from anywhere between 50p and £1, as current prices vary from road to road. Ending free parking is forecast to bring in £242,000 from the next financial year, with the 40p rise in off-street parking set to raise £463,083 per annum.
all put together accounting for some inflation, the cumulative boost for the authority should be in the region of 2.91 million by 2026-27. Decorum's Cabinet Member for Corporate and Commercial Services, Councillor Sally Symington, says we know retailers are suffering. We know online retailers are taking away their high street custom, but we are building beautiful places where people want to come and dwell in. For people who are losing a free hour, that's very difficult. Councillor Symington added, as well as contributing to council services such as housing and waste collection, the move would have secondary effects tackling the climate emergency and supporting town centres, reducing car use for short journeys, encouraging longer journeys to town centres, increasing dwell time and regeneration. No changes would be made without a public consultation and approval from Decorum Borough Council Cabinet. Rail stations included in big tap-in, tap-out rollout. Hemel Hempstead and Berkhamsted railway stations are among the stops set to include tap-on and tap-off option. The government has confirmed that uh, contactless payment as you go options will be added to 53 stations located in the southeast of England. Also included in the rollout are Kings Langley, Apsley and Watford North railway stations. Passengers will now be able to pay for their journeys on arrival using contactless bank cards. To launch the project, the Department for Transport is allocating £20 million to the project. Card readers at stations are designed to automatically give customers the best price available on the day of travelling. This system is available to passengers at 350 stations across London and the South East, stretching from Reading and Gatwick Airport all the way to Shenfield and Welling Garden City. The government states that Transport for London, C to C, South Eastern, South Western Railway, London Northwestern and Chiltern have been involved in setting up the project. These changes are linked to the Transport Secretary's claims that he will reform and overhaul fares and ticketing across Britain's railways, making them simpler and more flexible across the network. Rail Minister Hugh Merriman said one of the best ways to get more people using our railways is to make journeys as simple, flexible and convenient as possible. And the government's programme for rail reform prioritises exactly that. By removing the stress of finding the best deal in advance or having the right ticket ready to go at the barriers, the extension of tap-in, tap-out ticketing is the next step of our plan for rail reform and we're working towards pay-as-you-go being rolled out beyond the southeast, through the Midlands and up to the north. Pay-as-you-go is widely used across London and the surrounding area with Transport for London data showing that more than 75% of all tube and rail pay-as-you-go journeys regularly made using contactless payment cards or mobile devices compared to 25% in 2016.
On a lighter note, new mural at train station. New artwork at Kings Langley Station paints a picture of the area's local history. A brand new mural has been installed at the railway station. The design depicts Pope Adrian IV, AD 1100 to 1159, who was head of the Catholic Church for the final five years of his life. Although little is known about his early life, it is rumoured that Pope Adrian IV, England's only pope, was born in Hertfordshire. Part funded by local business Imagination Technologies and London Northwestern Railway, LNR, graffiti artist Mark Tanti from Demographics designed the mural which also features an historic depiction of a steam train at the station. Vicky Cropper-Clark, LNR Community Strategy Manager, said this wonderful artwork by Mark Tanti has added a new dynamic to Kings Langley Station, which passengers travelling through can enjoy. The artwork was part-funded by London Northwest Railway Station's adoptive adoption scheme, which offers local individuals and groups the opportunity to enhance their local station. Graffiti artist Mark Tanti thanked the organisations for the opportunity to design the mural. He said people travelling through the station can now see the artwork in all its glory as they commute to work or head on their leisurely travels. Alex Michaels, station adopter and resident, added, I'm delighted that we have got the mural complete at the station and would like to thank the funders for their support. We have big plans for the station in collaboration with Abbots in Transition, which includes planting out the front, info infographics and a community library. For more information, please contact kingslangleystation-friends at gmail.com. Phone data to crack down on fraudsters. The use of mobile phone data to crack down on rogue traders and fraudsters in Hertfordshire has been highlighted as part of a County Council report on the use of the Investigatory Powers Act. Under the IPA, council officers can apply for access to communications data, including a subscriber's name, address and payment method, but not the content. And, if a serious crime threshold is met, the Council can also ask for events data, which could include lists of incoming and outgoing calls, copy of bills, location data and log-on history. At a meeting of the Public Health and Community Safety Cabinet panel on Friday, June the 30th, it was reported that Trading Standards Officers and the Share Anti-Fraud Service had applied to have access to communications data 23 times in 2022-2023. All applications councillors heard had been successful. According to the report to the panel, communications data had been used in investigations into an alleged £300,000 fraud against the County Council. The use of stolen credit cards, and the illegal subletting of a social housing property. Meanwhile, trading standards officers had obtained communications data as part of investigations into three rogue trading cases involving home maintenance work and one into the possession of illegal tobacco. 
The cases were highlighted as part of an annual report on the use of the Investigative Powers Act and the Regulation of Investigatory Powers Act, RIPA. The report stresses the powers were used only when strictly necessary and proportionate with minimum intrusion. At the meeting, councillors heard that, in addition, authorisation under RIPA was gained by trading standards officers for directed surveillance in 2022-2023 in order for test purchasing. As part of the test purchasing investigations, trading standards officers made two applications. In the first set of test purchases, underage volunteers visited 12 premises, with three of those premises agreeing to make a sale. And in the second, they went to six premises and three made a sale. Two of those who agreed to sell the products in the second set of test purchases had supplied a product on more than one occasion, it was reported. Cutting fuel costs. Hertfordshire Fire and Rescue Service has slashed £25,000 on its costs by switching to greener fuels. Rather than the standard DERV, white diesel or road diesel most commonly used to power transport and passenger vehicles that have diesel engines, such as trains, lorries, vans and boats, vehicles are being filled with gas-to-liquid, GTL fuels, at bunkered sites across the county. And estimates suggest that as well as being better for the environment, it has saved the service £25,000 of full court costs. The information is included in the County Council's Hertfordshire Community Protection Directorate Annual Performance Report 2022-23. In addition, says the report, the move to GTL is estimated to have cut CO2 by 14 tonnes and NOx by 43.4 kilograms, as well as cutting out 525 kilograms of soot. Record for fire call-outs. Firefighters were called out to a record number of incidents last summer as temperatures across the country soared. In a six-week period between July the 4th and August the 15th last year, crews dealt with 871 fires. That's more than three times higher than the 248 fires dealt with by the service during the same period in 2021. And many of those fires are said to be as a direct consequence of the exceptionally warm weather that saw temperatures reach in excess of 40 degrees C. At the peak of the heat wave, the fire control room was dealing with an emergency call every 13 seconds. The record-breaking summer is highlighted in the County Council's Hertfordshire Community Protection Directorate Annual Performance Report 2022-23. Overall, the report records that firefighters attended 11,455 emergency incidents or requests for assistance. That included 1,147 primary fires, which are fires involving a building, vehicle or outdoor structure, involving a casualty or five or more fire engines. 
It also included 1,572 secondary fires, which are those fires that involve items such as uh, refuse, grasslands, roadside furniture, drains or barbecues. The service also attended 566 road incidents and continued to rescue significantly more people from RTCs than from fires. The service's prevention work is also highlighted with officers conducting 7,480 safe and well visits. These visits, free for Hearts residents, provide health and well-being advice, guidance and fire safety advice, which can include the fitting of smoke detectors. Meanwhile, the report also highlights the role of its 80 community protection volunteers. Volunteers are trained to assist in the event of a major incident and support at a range of engagement activities. There are also a number of volunteers who, on horseback and on bikes, deliver regular arson and reassurance patrols. According to the annual report in 2022-23, there were 2,841 hours delivered by volunteers. According to the Hertfordshire Community Protection Directorate Annual Performance Report 2022-23, three complaints were made and upheld about poor or dangerous driving shown by Hearts Fire and Rescue Service staff last year. They are among 10 complaints made about the service in 2022-23, detailed in the report. Six of the complaints, which also included contact attitude of crew, inconsiderate parking and inappropriate language, were upheld according to the report. It is not possible to draw any robust conclusions and or identify weaknesses in terms of performance based on the complaints data due to the extremely low number of cases that were received, says the report. However, training staff at the Service Training Development Centre have been instructed to ensure that all driving course delegates are reminded of their responsibility in terms of behaviours, including courtesy to other road users. Hearts Council had an 11.7 million overspend in the last year, but it is lower than predicted. The council, which provides services such as social care, public health, highways, trading standards and the fire service, had drawn up an operational revenue budget of 990.2 million for 2022-23. At the end of December 2022, it had been predicted that the budget would be overspent by 16.2 million. But at a meeting of the Council's Cabinet on Monday, July the 10th, it was reported that the operational overspend was 4.5 million lower. And it has already been earmarked for the Council's planned investment in special educational needs and disabilities and other identified pressures for this year's budget. At the meeting, Executive Member for Resources and Performance, Councillor Bob Deering, told councillors it had been a challenging year from the financial perspective 
and he said the council had worked exceptionally hard every day to deliver a balanced budget. Stopping releasing prisoners on Fridays. Prisoners released on Fridays more likely to reoffend, says Hertfordshire's Deputy Police and Crime Commissioner. Whether or not a prisoner reoffends could depend on the day of the week they are released, councillors have been told. According to Deputy Police and Crime Commissioner Councillor Lewis Cocking, prisoners released at the beginning of a week find it easier to access the services they need. And that could have an impact on whether, or not, they stay on the right side of the law. Councillor Cocking raised the issue at a meeting of the County Council's Public Health and Community Safety Cabinet Panel. And he told councillors, we are doing a lot of work around when is the right time to release someone from prison. And there is some stark data out there in terms of the reoffending. If they are released early on in the week, they have got four days where everything is open, where they can access those services that they need, whereas on a Friday, they haven't. So there is a massive correlation between when people are released and whether they reoffend or not, and we are obviously trying to work through all of that. Councillor Cocking, who was presenting the Office of the Police and Crime Commissioner's annual report 2022-23, made the remarks in response to a question about HMP The Mount. Commissioner David Lloyd chairs the Hertfordshire Criminal Justice Board, which includes partners from the CPS, the police, His Majesty's Courts and Tribunal Service, and His Majesty's Prison and Probation Service. And it is understood that last year the Board adopted a policy of not releasing prisoners from HMP The Mount on a Friday. This was in a bid to help overcome issues of released prisoners not being able to access services such as housing, benefits and prescriptions from GPs. Meanwhile, there are also moves to reduce the number of prisoners released at the end of the week on a national level. The offenders, day of release from detention bill, will give prison governors the power to release prisoners with mental health issues, stroke substance misuse problems, or far, far to travel home on a, on a Wednesday or Thursday instead. That bill received royal assent last week and is due to come into force in coming weeks. At the meeting of the Public Health and Community Safety Cabinet panel, Councillor Cocking was asked about HMP The Mount by Liberal Democrat Councillor Ron Tyndall who is also leader of the Coram Borough Council. In response to Councillor Tyndall's question, Councillor Cocking said that around one in three inmates at the prison, 33%, were located to Hertfordshire. Councillor Tyndall asked whether part of the release process included returning the 66% of released offenders not previously from Hertfordshire to the areas they had lived previously. Residents urged to report cases of fraud. <coughs> Deputy Police and Crime Commissioner Councillor Lewis Cockington has appealed to Hertfordshire residents to report suspicious emails or text messages as levels of fraud and cybercrime in the county were revealed to councillors. Speaking at a meeting of the County Council's Public Health and Community Safety Cabinet Panel, 
Councillor Cocking revealed that more than half of all crimes reported in the county now occur in the home or online. Already, more than £2.5 million of funds lost through fraud and cybercrime in Hertfordshire have been recovered, he said, at the Beacon, by the Beacon Fraud Hub. But the scale of the problem, suggested Councillor Cocking, was not fully known because so many people failed to come forward. He urged anyone who falls victim to fraud or cybercrime to report it, even anonymously. It is becoming an increasingly big problem, said Councillor Cocking. If we look at how crime has changed, more than 50% of crime in Hertfordshire is either in someone's own home or online. It is increasing and it is really difficult to quantify because people don't come forward to, and report it. I urge everyone who has fallen victim to fraud and cybercrime, please report it, even if you report it anonymously, around what has happened to you and how much you have lost. Councillor Cocking stresses the difficulty in estimating how much has been lost to fraud and cybercrime, but he suggests it's significantly more than the amount recovered. I, I suspect that the £2.5 million we have got back is a small drop in the ocean in terms of what is actually out there, he said. Tackling crime in Hemel Hempstead Town Centre was the focus of MP Mike Penning's visit to Metrobank. The cost of living crisis and tackling crime in the town centre was the focus of a visit by MP Mike Penning to Metrobank's Marlowe's store. Sir Mike, MP for Hemel Hempstead, wanted to know how local consumers and businesses were coping during the ongoing economic climate. Discussions ranged across interest rate rises and the impact on mortgages and saving rates to the store's support for homeless charity Dens by helping to collect donations and promoting its Day to Amaze scheme to help local good causes by volunteering to run fundraising events. School given special award for fundraising efforts. Pupils at John F. Kennedy School have proved they're in business after receiving the Dragon's Apprentice Challenge Outstanding Contribution to the Community Award. The school was presented with a special award by Liz Green, the High Sheriff of Hertfordshire, at a ceremony. The school has been taking part in the Dragon's Apprentice Challenge a mashup between the TV shows The Apprentice and Dragon's Den since 2014. It challenges sixth-form students from local secondary schools to turn their initial £100 stake and to turn it into £1,000 or more over a five-month period, with support and advice from mentors within the business community. John F. Kennedy School has entered several teams each year, which is a real challenge for the school, as not only are they competing with other schools, they're also competing with each other. The school has seen 187 students in 25 teams who have taken part over nine years. The challenge not only teaches pupils business-related skills, but also much-needed softer skills, such as communication and perseverance, and helps students find their strengths over the challenge. The challenge has raised over £110,000 for local charities, 
with John F. Kennedy School raising £35,604.54. They have been matched with a variety of business mentors from companies such as Britvic, Martin Brower, Albury Park Hotel, Underwood Solicitors, Metro Bank, 10 to 2, SMA Arch HR, and have also supported a variety of charities like RNIB, Radio Decorum, Droglink, Waterways Experiences, Dens, Age UK, Watford FC Trust, and Hearts Domestic Abuse Helpline. The High Sheriff said it was a pleasure to be at John F. Kennedy School to present this very special award. The Dragon's Apprentice Challenge doesn't exist now in other boroughs, unfortunately. But here in Decorum, it remains a much-loved and respected challenge by the schools, by the businesses and by the charities who are supported. We love your school's commitment to the challenge and you are the most successful school who has ever taken part in the Dragon's Apprentice Challenge. In honour of this, I would like to present you with this unique award for outstanding contribution to the community. Head teacher Paul Neves, who received the award, said, Taking part in the Dragon's Apprentice Challenge is an integral part of our school curriculum. The core purpose of our school is summed up by our mission statement, which challenges all in our community to inspire, to achieve and to serve. Our school lives by John F. Kennedy's words. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. And we look forward to taking part in the challenge for years to come. Over the years, they have won the overall winner twice and received a host of other awards, such as Best Business Idea, Close Cooperation with Charity, best presentation, best display, and most money. The Dragon's Apprentice Challenge starts again in September. To enter, email cindy at communityactiondecorum.org.uk. Obituaries and family announcements. Barbara Jane Betsworth sadly passed away on June the 6th, 2023. Funeral service is to be held at West Hearts Crematorium on the 17th of July at 10.20. Inquiries to Neville Funeral Service, phone number 252395. John William Jeremiah Patrick O'Connell, also known as Backy John. Passed away at home on Monday the 26th of June, aged 70. The funeral service is at West Hearts Crematorium, South Chapel, on Friday the 14th of July at 10.20. Inquiries to J. Worley Funeral, funeral Directors, telephone 253465. Patricia Anne Ringwood passed peacefully away on the 19th of June. The funeral took place on the 10th of July at Chilton's Crematorium. Inquiries to Malcolm Jones and Metcalf. Telephone 864548. Eric James Varndell passed peacefully on the 28th of June, aged 92. The funeral is to be held on the 14th of July at Byton Crematorium at 3pm. 
Enquiries to Malcolm Jones and Metcalf. Telephone 864-548. May they all rest in peace. What's on? Music. Whitney, Queen of the Night. Grove Theatre, Dunstable, July 21st. Direct from the West End, Whitney, Queen of the Night, is back celebrating the music and life of one of the greatest singers of our time with a talented cast and live band. The tribute show has become a major touring success. Visit grovetheatre.co.uk to book. Harpenden Live, off Lower Luton Road, Harpenden, July the 15th, midday to 10.30 p.m. The new family-friendly festival for Hertfordshire is dedicated to featuring music produced both by emerging artists and those who have already achieved success. As well as music, the event will feature a family play area and food and drink from around the world. Acts include India Arkin, an indie singer-songwriter based in Newcastle, and Barbara, whose music encompasses 70s USAM radio, English Music Hall, Broadway musicals, Power Pop, Luscious Strings and Golden Harmonies. Visit harpenden-live.co.uk to book. Photo Adobe Stock. Family Theatre. Pigs Might Fly. At Milton Keynes Theatre on July the 16th. The bold and energetic new musical, based on the book by best-selling author Michael Morpogo, fo follows the air-raising adventures of Pint Size, the youngest and most daring piglet on Mud Puddle Farm. Visit atgtickets.com forward slash Milton Keynes to book. Theatre. The Railway Children. Roman Theatre, St Albans, July 14th to August 20th. The happy lives of siblings Phyllis, Peter and Bobby are suddenly thrown into disarray when their father is taken away and they are forced to move from their home in London to a cottage in rural Yorkshire with their mother. The children make friends with the genial railway porter Mr Perks and embark on a magical journey of discovery, friendship and adventure. But the mystery of father's disappearance occupies much of their thoughts and they wonder if he is ever coming back. They soon discover that their new friend and his wife, Mrs Perks, might be able to help them unlock the mystery. The much-loved story is presented by theatre company OVO. Visit ovo.org.uk to book or for more information. Family comedy. Olaf Falafel's super stupid show, Old Hall, Hemel Hempstead, July 15th. Enjoy an hour of family-friendly frivolity featuring truth-telling cheese, fishing, ducks, bum bags, sausages, and maybe some drawing. Visit oldtownhall.co.uk to book. 
Panto season announcement, Watford Palace Theatre. Cinderella, 30th of November to the 31st of December, 2023. Drum roll, please. We are delighted to announce our beloved dame, Terence Frisch, is returning for his 11th pantomime with us this festive season. Have a ball with us at our spectacular 2023 pantomime, Cinderella. Cinderella wants to party like it's 1999, but her stepmother has other ideas. Come with me to Watford, New Year's Eve, 1999, where Cinderella loves music. Every night she dances alone in her room and gets lost in the music. That is, until her dodgy CD Walkman gives out. Meanwhile, over at the palace, the king vows to throw the party of the century in a bid to find the Prince of Pinna a wife. And with Cinderella's stepmother hell-bent on her daughters, Brittany and Christina, marrying up, she sees this as a golden opportunity. Tickets are from £11, discounts for groups, under-16s, students and over-60s. Email received from Watford Palace Theatre this week. Watford Palace Theatre is an accessible building with access to all levels via the lift and easily accessible toilets available on the ground floor and second floors. Wheelchair spaces are available in the stalls. If you're accompanying a guest with disabilities, you can get a free companion ticket for nearly all of our shows. An infrared sound amplification system works in certain areas of the auditorium. Headsets for amplifying sound are available, which you can collect from the box office before the performance. If you would like a headset, please let box office know when you're booking by calling 0123 225671. If you have a guide or a hearing dog, you're welcome to keep them with you. At Watford Palace Theatre, we're working hard to provide a range of accessible performances for our guests with varied needs. We're delighted to offer relaxed, audio-described and captioned performances for our in-house production. If you'd benefit from these performances, we'd be grateful if you could notify us by registering with us online or contact us. Films at the cinema this week include Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1. In Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning Part 1, Ethan Hunt, Tom Cruise, and his IMF team embark on their most dangerous mission yet to track down a terrifying new weapon that threatens all of humanity before it falls into the wrong hands. With control of the future and the fate of the world at stake and dark forces from Ethan's past closing in, a deadly race around the globe begins. Confronted by a mysterious, all-powerful enemy, Ethan is forced to consider that nothing can matter more than his mission, not even the lives of those he cares about most. Please note, all popular films are provided to cinemas with an audio description track. Please mention your requirements at time of booking. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Harrison Ford returns as the legendary hero archaeologist 
in the highly anticipated fifth installment of the iconic Indiana Jones franchise, which is directed by James Mangold, Ford versus Ferrari, Logan, starring along with Ford are Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fleabag, Antonia Banderas, Pain and Glory, John Rhys-Davis, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Seanette Renee Wilson, Black Panther, Thomas Kretschmann, Das Boot, Toby Jones, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Boyd Holbrook, Logan, Oliver Richter's Black Widow, Ethan Isidore, Mortel, and Mads Mikkelsen, Fantastic Beasts of the Secret of Dumbledore. Directed by James Mangold, the film is produced by Kathleen Kennedy, Frank Marshall, and Simon Emanuel, with Steven Spielberg and George Lucas serving as executive producers. John Williams, who has scored each indie adventure since the original Raiders of the Lost Ark in 1981, is once again composing the score. Greatest Days. This film follows five best friends who have the night of their lives seeing their favourite boy band in concert. 25 years later, their lives have changed in many different ways as they reunite for one more epic show by their beloved band to relight their friendship and discover that maybe their greatest days are ahead of them. No Hard Feelings. Jennifer Lawrence produces and stars in No Hard Feelings, a laugh-out-loud, edgy comedy from director Gene Stupnitsky, Good Boys, and the co-writer of Bad Teacher. On the brink of losing her childhood home, Maddie Lawrence discovers an intriguing job listing Wealthy helicopter parents looking for someone to date their introverted 19-year-old son, Percy, before he leaves for college. To her surprise, Maddie soon discovers the awkward Percy is no sure thing. Serious summer fun. Youngsters in Hemel Hempstead are in for a treat this summer with some serious fun on the cards. Decorum Borough Council and Hemel Hempstead BID have joined forces to create a jam-packed summer schedule in the town centre across the school holidays. There is plenty on offer from caving, climbing, archery and surfing to circus skills, meeting birds of prey and children's interactive stories. Heather Card-Jones from Hemel BID said we are lucky to be working with Decorum Borough Council to enhance our summer offering this year. The funding from the UK Shared Prosperity Fund has allowed us to bring in something new and bigger than ever before for everyone to enjoy and make it a summer to remember. The fund kicks off with Birds of Prey on Monday, July 24th, with activities to continue every week until Superheroes Training Academy on Saturday, September 2nd. To find out more, head to www.hemelhempstead.com Dot com. Hemeltown Centre is looked after by the Hemel Hempstead Business Improvement District, BID. The BID is a business-led and business-funded organisation which runs various events every year, operates cleaning projects and runs safety initiatives to improve the area for businesses, 
visitors and residents. The Hemel Hempstead Business Improvement District covers Riverside, Marlowe's Shopping Centre, Marlowe's, Moorend Road, Waterhouse Street, Bank Court, Swan Court, Riverside Centre, Bridge Street, Edmund Chambers, Joint Bank Court and Selden Hill. Two decorum care providers join forces. Further to the announcement last summer that two local hospice providers were set to join forces, the charity formed by the merger of Runnygrove Hospice Care and Peace Hospice Care has begun operating as Runnygrove Peace Hospice Care. The purpose of merging the two organisations is to grow the number of services that can be offered, extend the reach of the services and ensure efficiencies in the way the charity operates. There will be no interruption to existing services from the point that the charity starts to operate as Rennie Grove Peace. Stuart Marks, Chief Executive at Rennie Grove Peace Hospice Care said, Today is an opportunity to celebrate just how far we have come since the trustees of the two founding charities announced their intention to merge around this time last year. The merger is driven by a desire to do more, reach more people and have an even greater impact on the lives of people living with progressive life-limiting illnesses in our communities. Since announcing the intention to merge, a huge amount of work has been going on behind the scenes. Our teams have been tackling the challenges and processes involved in the legal merger. The personnel changes and the operational challenges of bringing two organisations together, all the while continuing to provide a range of high quality services to patients and families. This milestone is a chance to celebrate what has been achieved so far and look forward to our ambitions for patient services in the years to come. We have ambitious plans to consolidate and expand services so we can meet the demands of a population of around one million people. To find out more about the merged organisation, visit rennygrovepeace.org. This is Angina. How to help make the world a better place and get paid for it. Sounds like the impossible dream, huh? Well, actually, no. There are literally hundreds of organisations right on your doorstep that do just that 365 days of the year. People of all ages and social groups need help and assistance at one time or another, and there is a huge army of people working for voluntary, community, faith or social enterprise groups in Hertfordshire alone. All of these people have in common that when they awake of a morning, they know that today they will have another opportunity to make a difference to someone's life for the better. A consortium of local charitable organisations known as Councils for Voluntary Services, CVS, across Hertfordshire have worked together to launch a brand new jobs website specifically aimed at working for these types of organisations that strive to support, encourage, empower and develop the communities and people around them. Working Hearts supports the voluntary community 
faith and social enterprise, VCFSE sector, providing advice, guidance, networking opportunities and resources for more effective partnerships with local organisations and groups. Have a look at the Working Hearts website and see what is on offer. Save it to your favourites and keep visiting regularly as all of the local member organisations have the ability to post and update all of their vacancies. You can email us at volunteering at communityactiondecorum.org.uk or visit the Roundhouse outside Boots. We are open Monday to Friday, 10am to 3pm. Pets need homes. Ten-month-old feline sisters, Tibbles and Bubbles, are looking for their furry tail ending. The playful duo are looking for love and attention in a family environment. Bubbles, the whiter of the two, is a little shyer on first meeting than Tibbles, but once settled, they are both very fun-loving and sociable cats, ready for all the love and cuddles their new family can give them. They are very active, inquisitive kittens in all their glory. As well as loving to play together, they love chasing their laser pointers and fishing rod toys, and very happy for you to join in. The sisters would be happier in a family home as the only pets where they can get all the love and attention as they will return. After their settling in period, the girls would love access to a garden which they can explore away from main roads. Contact 03453 or www.cats.org.uk. And now to sport. First off, cricket. Hemmerhemstead Town Cricket Club's first team had another winning draw as they took on St Albans. Batting first, Hemmel made it to 193 for 8 from their allowed 60 overs with Brett Penny leading from the top with 46, followed by 31 from Matt Parkins at number 7, 23 from Jack Dudson and a lengthy 22 from Tom Elborn. St Albans only managed 163 for nine in reply. Darren James took out their top three batters in the first 20 overs to leave them at 53 for three. Then as their innings progressed, Matt Perkins stepped in with four for 24 from 11 overs to leave them 149 for eight with six overs to go. Although the returning James managed to snaffle their number nine, caught behind, there was too little time to get the last wicket and Hemel are in sixth place in the championship at the halfway point. Medals galore for Berkhamsted Swimming Club. A total of 23 Berkhamsted SC Swimming Club athletes competed at the Westminster Lodge end of season meet and again came away with a sack of medals and personal best times. Dewey Fordyce, Darcy Cader, and Tamson Moran all came away with gold medals. Fordyce picked up two in the 10 years 200 meter breast and 50 meters breast, as well as bronze in the 100 meters inter individual medley. 
slicing over three seconds from his previous best. He swam the 50 metre back and 100 metre fly, the latter securing a bronze medal. Kada, also in the 10 years age category, swam eight races and expanded her experience across a broader range of events, picking up her gold in the 400 metre free, which she swam for the first time clocking 6.59.85. In addition, she picked up bronze in the 100 metre fly. Moran surprised herself in the open age 50 metre breast with a new personal best of 35.43 to take the gold and also walked off with gold in the 200 metres individual medley and silver in the 100 metres individual medley. Hemel Hempstead and Burke Hempstead have leagues confirmed. Hemel Hempstead Town and Burke Hempstead now know who they'll face next season after the FA confirmed the league allocations for the 2023-24 campaign. Burke Hampstead have been promoted into the Southern League's Premier Central Division. There will be many new opponents coming to the Glencar Community Stadium, mostly teams from the Midlands. Burko are one of the eight new teams in the 22-club division. Kettering Town, Leamington and the AFC Telford have been relegated into the division from the National League North. Hemel, meanwhile, remain in the National League South and the new opponents for them next season will be promoted sides Avely, Truro City and Western Supermare, as well as relegated National League sides Maidstone United, Torquay United and Yeovil Town. And finally to conclude, this week in history. 1854, George Eastman, photographic pioneer who founded Kodak, was born in New York State. He chose the name Kodak because it was easy to remember. 1910, Charles Rolls, pioneering pilot and co-founder of Rolls-Royce, was killed when he crashed his biplane in a flying competition, the first British aviation victim. July 13, 1973. The Everly brothers parted on stage in California when Phil smashed his guitar and stormed off, leaving Don to finish the gig. On this day last year, the first classical cathedral to be built in England since St Paul's in London was granted listed status. July the 17th, 1959. Billie Holiday, jazz singer, probably the greatest of them all, was arrested on her deathbed in hospital for possession of narcotics. She died later that day. On this day last year, all state schools in England will have a defibrillator by the end of 2022-2023 academic year, the government announced. July 15, 1912. National insurance, or social payment, devised by Lloyd George, began in Britain. July 16, 1953. Hilaire Belloc, writer of many talents, died. He had written his own epitaph, which read, When I am dead, I hope it may be said, His sins were scarlet, but his books were red. We've come to the end of this week's news.
Sunrise and sunset times for this weekend are sunrise at 4.57 and sunset at 21.16, giving 16 hours and 20 minutes of daylight. We currently have a waning crescent moon. If you would like to give us any feedback or have a news story or know of an event taking place soon that you think would be suitable for our listeners, please get in touch by email to dtneditors at dtnhemmel.org.uk or leave a message on our telephone 01442 927 123. If you need any help with anything else to do with Decorum Talking Newspaper, please contact our secretary Martin on 01442 927 122 or email secretary at dtnhemmel.org.uk. For those with access to the internet, our news is uploaded to our website soon after the recording each week on Thursday evening. This can be found by visiting dtnhemmel.org.uk. For those who are listening to this week's news via a memory stick, After the music, there is the amenities section that gives details of various group and contact details of organisation. Until next time, it's goodbye from all of tonight's team.